now, great moments in presidential history. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. He was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. I believe that together we can make America great again. There it is. There it is. Here we go. Here we go. Name of the show is called Everybody Calm Down. It is hosted by myself, Jimmy Fela, head writer for the Kennedy program on the Fox Business Channel. You can watch it Monday through Thursday, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You can also catch me every day hosting Fox Across America uh, from noon to three on Fox News Radio. Uh, I will be joined today on this podcast by the lovely and talented Chris Barron. We'll explain uh, why in a minute. But he, of course, is a favorite panelist on The Kennedy Show. He's one of my favorite radio guests anywhere. And he also happens to be a gay conservative. What the hell did you just say? Which I think is worth pointing out in the year 2019 because there's a crazy narrative going on in the world right now in this world is on fire atmosphere we're all trying to coexist in i mean to be honest with you we're not trying to coexist at this point we've all lost our minds um but i do a show that's kind of an apolitical show where i tell everybody all the time i don't care if you're republican i don't care if you're democrat just don't be an asshole that's all we really need at this point is we need some more positive energy people in society to cancel out like the weapons grade partisans that can't put politics aside anywhere. Not on like Dancing with the Stars, not when they're watching football or heaven forbid at the Oscars. This show is an audio safe space for cool people who really aren't gonna be defined by politics. They're not gonna let their politics define them. Um, they're kind of in on the joke in that, yeah, we may see things differently, you know, ideologically, but there's never been a better time to be alive. We live in this incredible country, the most tolerant, inclusive, you know, economically empowering time there's ever been in America is right now. That is a fact. And, you know, the reality is a lot of us are blowing it because we're too busy fighting over politics. You know, but the reality of, of where we are today is that the only thing that's really changed since Donald Trump became our president is the amount of power we have given politics over our lives. That's the bottom line. And it's like, when you look at America, what, what has changed? The economy's a little better. According to the statistics, society is a little more tolerant. We're a little more safer. Just a little. But we're spending the entirety of our existence online fighting like the Russians are in New Jersey. They're about to overtake Manhattan at any minute now, and we're all done for. And it's insane, and it's why I do a show called Everybody Calm Down. It's all going to be fine, okay? We're about to be joined by a key conservative. Uh, according to the political discourse in this country, there's no such thing. Because gay people are supposed to be under attack in 2019, under a Trump presidency with a Mike Pence vice presidency. But you don't hear this very often. But there are a lot of brilliant people like Chris Barron. He's a great dude. 
There are a lot of brilliant people out there that aren't letting their gender or their sexual orientation define who they are, meaning they're not pulling a voting lever because they've been told that, oh, I'm, I'm a black man. I must have to vote liberal. I can't certainly think for myself or sort out the nuances of these issues. I have to vote liberal because that's, that's what you do. Or I'm a gay man. I have to vote liberal. Or I'm a, I'm a female. I can't support Donald Trump. The reality is there's a lot of people out there, as we learned in the last election, and we're learning in this election right now according to the battleground polls, there are a lot of people out there who are refusing to make decisions based on how society is telling them to live, meaning how the political vernacular defines voter values. There are a lot of people defying convention. Why? Because if you want to be a grown-up about politics, then you've got to accept the fact that every one of these issues that's dividing the country is a lot more nuanced than the black and white layout we get on every one of these articles, uh, you know, arguments. There are people who are on the extreme right that are like, oh, you know, we've got to arm all the school teachers. There are people on the extreme left that are like, no guns ever again. When the reality is it's nuanced and there's a middle ground and the middle ground is we need to arm the snack ladies. That's what we need to do. We need to arm all the snack ladies. I agree with that. Because you've seen the size of these fat school kids and God forbid so they revolt. We're going to have a big problem on our hands. We've got a lot of fat kids in this, in this country. I grew up one of them and I know how, I know how dangerous I would be. If there was an issue with the snacks, and maybe that's maybe that's the gray area that, that we need to find common ground in. But the reality is on this show, we just get together every every day, every week, whatever, and we just talk about stuff. We don't care. Nobody needs to win. This isn't a Thunderdome where we're going to own the libs. It's not Twitter. It's just like a hang. You know, we're sponsored by the greatest whiskey in the world. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. And my manifesto when I launched this show, my manifesto was that, hey, 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 I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you be a Democrat. I just want you to be a Michter's guy. I just want you to be a Michter's gal. And what I, mean, what I mean by that is I'm not saying you need to purchase and consume their product, although I'll be very honest with you. It's, it's the best whiskey on the planet. It's all great. The unblended American's great. The U.S. one bourbon, the U.S. one rye. I, I'm a big fan of the Toasted Barrel Sour Mash. I mean, I love everything they make. It's great stuff. But I'm not telling you to go out and buy their product. I'm telling you to go out and, and live a life that's emblematic of how they treat people. I, I, I said famously when the show started that the reason uh, I consider myself so fortunate to be sponsored by Michter's and the family who owns Michter's is because I, in knowing them socially, was always so impressed and appreciative of the way they treated people. They're classy people, very punctual, low drama, very generous, uh, smart, very reasoned, not impulsive, not emotional, you know, not not giving to causing uh, drama and strife and adversity where they doesn't need anything. There's a common trait among successful people in the world and that the vast majority of them are efficient. They're efficient people. And that's the best thing you could be when I tell you to be a Michter's guy. You treat people right, you're efficient, you're cool. You know, you're part of the solution in that you're not feeding into any of the drama. To this day, I have probably drank, I don't know, realistically, a thousand bottles of, of Michter's. I've probably had a dozen lunches with these wonderful people. I have no idea where they stand politically. I have no idea. They know I work at Fox. They watch Kennedy. They watch a lot of shows on MSNBC, CNN. They watch everything. They're, you know, they watch news. 
But I actually don't know where they stand because, like, we don't care. We don't talk about that. We're sitting at a restaurant eating spectacular, you know, pasta. We're talking pasta, dude. We're talking about how lucky we are to live in a country where we can get great pasta. We can drink a nice wine or drink a good whiskey. Like, the point is, the running joke in this country was always that, you know, there were two classes of people, the political elites and the voters. And the running joke at the end of the day was always like, ah, but deep down we know these political elites are screwing us over. They're all on the take. They're all a bunch of narcissists who are only in it for themselves. They'll say anything to get elected, and then they just, you know, they just go about their own way. Forget about those campaign promises. That was always the reality. But then along came social media, and we got so divided amongst partisan lines that the running joke has changed a little bit now. And even though we all knew the political elites were full of it and they weren't really working for us the way they were supposed to, we've separated ourselves not as voters and elites, but as this half of the voting block went with these elites who were screwing us, and that half of the voting block went with those elites who were screwing us. It was like, yeah, screw you liberals. I'm going with these Republicans who don't care about us. And the, and, and the liberals are like, yeah, you guys are a bunch of idiots going with those Republicans who don't care about us. I'm going over here with these liberals that don't care about us. You know? You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. But the point is, that's a lot of what society has become. And it's like we're overlooking these obvious tenets uh, of society and that you need to not define your existence and quality thereof based on the success of the political party you're rooting for. This is a country more than any other country where we have, it's called work privilege. Throw out white privilege. People are like, oh, you white privilege. Shut up. I was a cab driver for five years, getting up at three in the morning. There was no, like, I didn't get to sleep till 305 because I was white. I had to work, you know, 16 hours a day to get where I am now, which is 90% of the country doesn't know who I am. But the point is I had the ability to work hard enough to get to this precipice where 10% of the country might know who I am. Uh, just based on the value of self-reliance and the opportunity you have in this country to work as hard as you want, to go as far as you want. Have certain socioeconomic backgrounds enjoyed benefits that others didn't have at various points uh, in time? Absolutely. No argument can be made. But whatever you are right now, black, white, Asian, trans, Pokemon, Pikachu, straight, Gay conservative like Chris Barron. The point is, you can be whatever the hell you want because you have the work privilege here in America that allows you. We should be humming America the Beautiful right now. This sounds like somebody's 2020 campaign message. <laughs> but you really do have the reality to go be whatever the hell you want. So stop getting so mad about politics and letting it define your happiness. History is written by the winners and in your own life. You can write your own history if you go out and be one of the winners instead of sitting around embracing some limited worldview they're selling you on social media to get you to vote for them. Chris Barron is a guy who thought for himself, became the founder and CEO of Right Turn Strategies. He is a hockey-playing gay man who supports Donald Trump. That is maybe, a, maybe a, the answer to a trivial pursuit question. It seems like such a finite demographic, but it's a lot bigger than you think, and he will explain why when he joins us next on the Michter's Voice Line on Everybody Calm Down.
There it is. There it is. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. The name of the podcast is called Everybody Calm Down. We're playing Boogie Magic by Dennis Coffey and the Detroit Funk. The Funk Brothers are involved here. Why? Because this next guest who joins us on the Mictor's voice line is a political funk brother for my money. I consider him the muscle behind the operation in this country. He is the lovely and talented Chris Barron. Good to hear from you, sir. Hey, Jimmy. It's good to uh, good to be on, my friend. Are, are you both founder and CEO of Right Turn Strategies? I didn't want to screw up your intro, but but your Right Turn Strategies, What are, what is your actual title there? I am president of Right Turn Strategies. Whoa! President of Right... Now, have people accepted the results of the election? Is it being overthrown? Is it being challenged? <laughs> no, well, Stacey Abrams still claims she's the president of Right Turn Strategies. <laughs> so, I mean, she hasn't yet accepted it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next few years. I hope she finally does accept the results. But uh, <laughs> she, they're, go ahead. <laughs> they're still not getting me to leave the building. So. <laughs> she was she Stacey Abrams, man. She ruined so many people's lives because <laughs> she was campaigning with Oprah in Georgia for the governorship of Georgia. And when you show up to someone's house with Oprah and a camera crew, the person looks out the door and assumes they want a, a life altering amount of money. Or they're getting right. a car. <laughs> and, and, and then you just you open the door and this angry woman's calling you a racist if you don't vote for her. <laughs> like, this is so not what I thought was on the other side of the door. Right. This is actually the worst day of my life. <laughs> you've got you've got Oprah at your door. She's actually asking you for something. The woman who gives <laughs> things away <laughs> showed up right. asking. <laughs> it's like, imagine someone comes up your door with that massive check from the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes with a camera crew, and then they knock on the door, and they're like, hey, can you tell me where 211 Apple Street is? We're lost. And you're like, no! <laughs> or even worse, even worse, they come to your door and ask you for 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> can I borrow some money? Oh, it hurts so bad. It hurts. <laughs> It hurts. So you're the, you're the president of Right Turn Strategies. And I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm very fascinated and, and, and supportive and appreciative of people who have defined their own vo voting values instead of just lining up behind what society has told them they're supposed to do. And, and being a gay conservative is a lot like being a black conservative in that you're not letting your orientation or your background define your choices. Um, were you always a gay conservative or did you have like a come to Jesus moment? Like, how did this work out? I mean, I was a I was a Republican through college. Uh, actually, when I came out, I thought that that meant the end of me being a Republican. And so, for a few years, I thought of myself as a Democrat. And then I realized, look, um, I don't like RuPaul. I don't like shopping, and I don't have to vote Democrat just because I'm a gay guy. So I can just be I can just be my damn self. Wow! And you did, and you pulled it off, and it's amazing. And um, I know there are more of you out there. Then people are being told because the one thing that is really infuriating to liberal ideology is the idea that there are gay people and black people that don't agree with it. There's well, I mean, look, the, 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 enti the entire left is built on the the victim totem pole. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, their entire electoral coalition is made up of people who believe that they have been victimized by society. And the only people who can save them is a democratic controlled government. So it is very damaging to that ideology when you have a gay conservative or a black conservative or even even women conservatives. I, I mean, nothing annoys the left more than women for Trump. Oh, man, you know? it's my favorite. The whole, the whole idea of it is it, it, it's 
antithetical to the very foundations of their electoral coalition. Yeah, is that you're supposed to believe you're under attack at all times, and that's why you need them to protect you, which is really, no, it's it's it, it's worth being said. And it, to be honest with you, I don't care if people don't agree with it. I just like the fact that, like, Kanye West is out there asking the question. I don't think he should be the arbiter one way or the other. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on board with the Kanye 2024 campaign. I actually think Honey Boo Boo is going to take it the way the country is going. I think we need a female leader. But I, I like that the question's being asked. And I do wonder, like, do you think on some small level, the fact that Kanye West has enough visibility as he does is at least spurring a conversation in the black community? Oh, it, it, it has to be. Mm-hmm. It absolutely has to be. And by the way, let's take a look at the front runners for the Democratic nomination this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, none of them look like Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, if I'm if and, and you know, look, I think it's fair for, for black people in this country to ask whether decades of fealty to the Democratic Party have left them better off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's certainly I, I, I don't understand why you aren't why they aren't having that conversation. Yeah. You know, I mean. Trust me, if 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 white women in this country were in a terrible spot after decades of fealty to a a, a a political party, that conversation would be happening and people would expect it. Whereas in the in the African-American community, even having that conversation will get you excommunicated. Yeah, that's part of the problem. And you can't really start it as a white person because they'll say, you know, these aren't your people. But I posit that they are my people because I don't really look at this. I don't see a world of hyphenated Americans like to, as far as I'm concerned, black people my people, gay people, my people, Asian people, my people, because we're just people. Like I drove a cab, oh, everybody was just a person, you know? Right. And, well, and that, by the way, that's how normal people look at the world. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> You're not allowed to say that either, Chris Brown. You and you are going to get canceled. We're going to be hanging out on Christmas. Was that your goal? You're like, I know no, Phil look- has got all this whiskey. If I can get him fired from all his jobs. <laughs> look, I've said, I've said many times, you can't get canceled if you don't care what they think. Very good. And don't ever apologize. I mean, there is a real there is a real lesson in the Trump presidency for comedians in that, you know, he's the one guy who hasn't let the mob, you know, he doesn't bend the knee and and he's lived to tell the tale. He's one apology for him ends everything. There's it it ends tomorrow. You know, absolutely. It is it is completely against brand. And, you know, at the beginning, I was like, man, you know, every once in a while, I wish Trump would be willing to admit that he was wrong. And then I realized that every time one of the they just want more yeah it's the, not enough it's never enough yeah yeah there's no you're not going to actually please them at any point it's just going to go no. further yeah yeah no i agree i agree with you there which is it's crazy but that's the reality of the world we live in now and the reason i bring up now chris Barron, is joe biden is driving around iowa on a bus tour <laughs> doing something that doesn't seem very now he's on the no malarkey bus tour which uh I, I would have personally went with the get off my lawn bus tour because it sounds like it's stooped in the same old man out of touch thing. Um, Jimmy, this is this is completely on brand. Unfortunately <laughs> for Biden, the brand is confused 80 year old man. I mean, I mean, honestly, like I saw this and I was like, one part of me was like, well, yeah, of course, Biden's on this. And then I'm like, oh, Jesus, like, man, yeah. make it stop. Like, I, uh. I, I, I've met Biden. He's a very, very decent human human being, a really nice guy, and I it it pains me to see him continue to humiliate himself like this. It is. It's not pretty. You know what it reminds me a lot of 
is when uh, John McCain ran a campaign in 08, he had the Straight Talk Express, you know, and it was it was a, a good novel idea, but it was based in a politics, like an era of politics that had kind of passed, you know. And so like he was out there doing a Straight Talk Express, which a lot of us appreciated at the time. But Obama was just had this young, hip, cool thing. And he came zipping by in a Ferrari. And all of right. a sudden the bus looked a little goofy. Is anyone driving the Ferrari in the Democratic Party right now? And, and please don't say Beto. Please don't say Beto. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, look, I, I mean, I think the flavor of the month for Democrats is Buttigieg. Yeah. I, I mean, but the, the, the idea that they're going to turn the keys of their party over to a 30-something gay dude who wasn't even out a few years ago and who, when he ran for re-election of as mayor, he got 8,000 votes. Oh, I mean, man. That, that, that's how small South – I mean, this is uh, – the, the idea of it is incomprehensible to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't I can't see it. I still think the smart money long-term is on Elizabeth Warren. Wow. Um, I, I just I, – I don't see and, – and this is a difficult conversation for folks to have, but the fact is – is that there still needs to be a lot of work done within the African-American community as it comes to uh, LGBT rights. Mm-hmm. A lot of strides have been made over the years, but they you look at opinion polls, and opinion polls continue to show that African-Americans continue to be the most hesitant when it comes to LGBT issues. And it's they haven't had a nominee of the Democratic Party who didn't win a majority of African-American voters since before Bill Clinton. Yeah. And so I don't think Pete Buttigieg is going to be the first one to do that. Yeah, he has a little bit of a problem. He's His poll numbers in South Carolina with black voters, he's actually trailing David Duke with black voters <laughs> in South Carolina. Like, it's not pretty. Harry, that's it. We're suing. Well, and, it's uh, it, it's so ahead. funny, though, that the, the, the party that screams of diversity mm-hmm. is, you know, Buttigieg has, has rocketed to the top in the early state polls uh, with basically no support from African-Americans and no support for Latina from Latinos. Wow. I, I mean, it is, it is, it is a mystery to me that this is their flavor of the month. Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> that a guy that is completely opposed to everything that they say their party stands for. Well, you know what I think is happening in the media is because obviously like there's so much energy uh, that's been committed to just stopping Trump at all costs is I just think he's the latest beneficiary of the media throwing stuff at the wall and trying to rally behind a guy. Because if you remember, you know, Beto was anointed, you know, post Senate loss to Ted Cruz. He decided yep. he was going to run for president. We had the Vanity Fair cover and then the media was like, this guy's like a Kennedy. And oh, my gosh, he's going to do it. And then when people didn't buy it, Elizabeth Warren for a minute there was the one. And she was getting all the puff yep. pieces and she took all the selfies. And now we're watching Mayor Pete kind of get that same treatment. And if this doesn't work, they are going to shamelessly move on to the next candidate like we knew it was Biden all along, you know. But, but I mean, look, look, here's the truth. The mm-hmm. truth is, is that this is the time in a, in a primary process where we are having the flavors of the month. Yeah. I mean, this is this is when Herman Cain and look, I love Herman Cain. I was a Cain supporter. But this is when this is when Herman Cain was on top of the polls. Yes, it was. You know? I mean, yeah, I, I just want to interrupt you. I did stand up with Herman Cain in the audience, by the way. He has a great comedy laugh. It's up there with Judge oh. Knapp because he goes, oh. he, he goes like this. <laughs> it's so I, good. I, I had drinks with him in Vegas, oh. like at the very beginning of his primary campaign when they were kind of like laying out to me the strategy of how he was going to be the nominee. Yeah. And he's 
probably the coolest cat to ever have a drink in Vegas. Yes, he is. I, I met him in Atlanta, and uh, I will just say that his 999 is more of a point nine point nine point nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's I mean, but a great that, guy. Look, these are these are the, the these are the things that like you know everybody every one of these people kind of has their moment in the sun, uh-huh. and the question is is whether there's any staying power. I mean, we saw it with. Uh, Kamala Harris earlier, you know, she skyrocketed after that first debate, uh-huh. and now the wheels have completely come off the. You know, have, have they ever? Uh, did you did you read any of that resignation letter with her staffer who quit and went to Bloomberg? Oh my god! <laughs> two two things about that. One, ouch. <laughs> two, I hate it. I hate it when people do that. Yeah, I, like. If if you're unhappy, leave. Yeah. Don't torch your like former employer yeah, on the way out. It's such a bad look. Man. It's petty. And what is it? What does it say to the Bloomberg people after he flames out in two months, having not even made it into a debate? Like he has no chance of winning. The guy no. who the guy who banned guns and soda has already disqualified himself with like eighty five percent of the country. Well, uh, and the guy the guy who's running around saying it's a good thing that we take money away from poor people so yeah. that way they can't make bad decisions with their money. Oh god! I mean, you can't make this guy and he's praising the communist regime in China. I mean, oh. I. I can't imagine a guy more out of step well, with average what, Americans than well, Mike Bloomberg. Well, that's what it is. And it speaks to like the disdain he has for voters in that he's always talked to them in this demeaning way. Like we need these nanny state policies because they can't think for themselves. I mean, he used to famously say in New York that he rode the subway every day. And I, pro- you know, thinking that was enough to endear him to like working class people, never once mindful of the fact that they all saw his motorcade going down Fifth Avenue every day, every day. And they're like, oh, Bloom- yeah, there's a backup in front of the plaza. Bloomy must be on the subway again for some reason. Right, Traffic thanks, jam. Yeah, you yeah. jerk. Maybe if well, you I did. Mean, the, Go ahead. The funny, the funny thing is, is that, you know, Trump is kind of like the, the blue collar billionaire. Mm-hmm. I mean, the New Yorker guy who can relate to folks out in middle America. And the absolute antithesis of that mm-hmm. is Mike Bloomberg. Yes. You know, he's the most effete, out of touch, billionaire liberal that you could possibly imagine. This is a guy who, like, you couldn't imagine getting his hands dirty or actually holding a rifle or, like, you know, yeah. none of that stuff. This is a guy who, you know, has complete and total disdain for working class Americans. Oh, it's gross. I just hated him because as a cab driver, he was the one who put in all the bike lanes. And um, oh, just wiped out the crosstown traffic in the city. Like, it's funny, but like Joe Biden is going on. a He's going to see the entirety of Iowa in eight days. In eight days in Michael Bloomberg's Manhattan, you can't get from 42nd Street to 23rd Street. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and he's, he's also the guy who put in all the pedestrian malls in Times Square, where like all the Statue of Liberties and Elmo's are uh, like accosting people for photos. Which is terrible. Yes, it's awful. It's And it's crushing my self-esteem because that Elmo that keeps getting arrested every day, he hasn't, he hasn't, <laughs> He hasn't groped me once, and I am walking by. <laughs> some, What's the matter with me? Yeah, man? I mean, really though, Baron, I'm walking by in some loud clothes, man, leather pants. What's it going to take, Elmo? You know, tickle me already. I don't get it, man. I look, I, I, I would have sexually molest you if I saw you in Times Square. <laughs> See, so da- damn it, feel any better, man. That's the spirit, Baron. That's the spirit. That's why we have you on the Kennedy program. That's why. <laughs> of course. Th- that's why we're in Studio D, after all. Studio D, I say. <laughs> um, hey, I'm excited that you're in New York this week. We got to hang out, and maybe seriously, if you're scheduled works come do fox news radio on wednesday that'd be dope that sounds awesome man this was this was great and there was no malarkey on this interview today chris barron no malarkey at all it was fantastic i love it so much oh biden does the bus have its blinker on the whole time i wonder well and by the way you know they're they're not even allowing press on the bus they they, they told her because they can't they because if you let press around biden 
I mean, that was the whole point behind like the Straight Talk Express. Yeah. Was McCain would just kind of sit there unvarnished. Yes. And and shoot the shit with reporters. You can't let Biden hear reporters. <laughs> like I mean, my God. Like the, the unforced I mean, errors and the. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh my! It would be horrible. Like you have to keep him segregated from reporters. So he's going to do this bus tour, and essentially the bus, like the reporters, are going to be driving behind him. You know, I mean, it's just it's it's so bad. The optics, all of it, are just terrible. That's really funny. Poor. Well, think of it this way too. I mean, there's a lot of female reporters missing out on a good clavicle massage. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of tragedies. Did you, see, did you see that he bit his wife's hand in the middle of? Like she was introducing him and she reaches her hand out and it goes in front of his face and he leaned forward and bit her fingers. Like, where's the impulse control, man? Like, hey, at least his teeth stayed in his mouth this time. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point, man. Yeah, oh, I guess you. small victories for the Biden campaign. Chris Barron, I'll see you back in the big city, man. I really appreciate you doing this today. All right, sounds good. There Thanks, he goes, Jimmy. everybody. Chris Barron, everybody in the crowd goes wild. Um, I love the guy, man. I love him. And that was before he promised to molest me next time he sees me. Uh, next time he sees me, I will be at work extra early this Wednesday for that. Uh, we'll wrap the little inspirational message from myself when we come back right here on Everybody Calm Down. Twitter presents a cancel culture Christmas, the album for people who don't want to upset the outrage mob. Frosty the snow person was a happy genderless soul with a corncob pipe and a button nose and a biodegradable show. Twelve holiday anthems sung the right way. I'm dreaming of a colorless Christmas. After all, nobody wants coal in their stockings. That's a fossil fuel, you monster. Grandma took a selfie with the reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as climate change But as for me and Grandpa, we believe A Cancel Culture Christmas I saw There it is. Big shout out to Chris Barron, the president of Right Turn Strategies, a man who owes me a hand job by his account. <laughs> Hanging up that mistletoe as we speak, baby. Uh, I also owe a shout out uh, as we wrap today to Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, WWE superstar who joined me in studio on Monday 
because I just got a note today. I got a little note in my email inbox while we were in break from a program director on a radio station I will not name saying, wow, that Kane interview was amazing. Like he was really so much fun. And they actually said I did a good job, which to be honest with you, I'm having the kind of morning this morning where I mentioned this on yesterday's episode, like I could never commit suicide because I could never make peace with my suicide note. I could never be done editing it to the point that I was like, all right, I can never improve this script again. It is over. So that that alone is, is keeping me alive. Plus the fact that Jenny and Lincoln wouldn't get the money if I offed myself and she'd never forgive me for that. She's got a whole life planned out for when I finally kick. She takes that insurance money to the Ferrari dealership, goes and lives her best life. Uh, but a shout out uh, to Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, a.k.a. the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. So thank you for that, Kane. And thank you to everybody, including all the Chris Barron fans who stormed, who stormed the arena today to hear that no malarkey interview that just went down. Pound for pound, 18 to the finest moments of my life. Uh, you can probably catch him on Fox News Radio this Wednesday, which is uh, today. How about that? Um, he'll be on Fox Cross America with me. Uh, and you can check him out on the Kennedy program on Fox Business tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And uh, if that's not enough, Jimmy Fallon, Chris Barron for you. In the meantime, check out my Amazon special, State of the Union, um, my one-hour stand-up comedy special. And if uh, you do watch it, Jeff Bezos gives me a 10-cent royalty. So uh, take off the apron, Jenny Fallon. We are going out tonight, girl. Uh, the show is over. We really appreciate you listening and supporting all that we do. And being Michter's people. And I do mean that in every sense of the word, man. I don't know why I'm closing with all these self-help messages. It's because we're taping super early in the morning when I still have hope and enthusiasm in my life. This is right now when you listen to everybody calm down this week, you're listening to hour one of a 16-hour day. So this is upbeat, enthusiastic me. If we were to tape this at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm like, you guys should all just kill yourselves. I don't know why you're even bothering. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, but the show's over. Uh, thanks for listening. This is The Best We Can Do. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.